Hello, 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 and welcome to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. This is Karen Modakaitis, and I'm really excited to talk with you today about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things, money. I love to talk about money, and oh my gosh, we're going to be breaking a lot of rules by talking about money, aren't we? But before we get started, I have a shout out to Mother of Eves, who left an Apple podcast review. And thank you for your sweet message. And here's what Mother of Eves had to say. My how to be a human adulting. I didn't grow up with the proper support for emotional development and resilience. So adulting has been extremely difficult to say the least. I feel this podcast is a how to become a resilient, balanced human being. I love how practical Corinne is in its applications. Thank you for this podcast. I am grateful. Mother Reeves, I'm grateful for you for sharing your story and giving me a chance to remind all of us that emotional development and resilience really is not something that any of us really know how to do. I mean, all the guests that I've brought on and who've talked about this they went and researched it and they they spent their careers and their lives doing it, whether it's Brene Brown, Todd Cashton, Kristen Neff. I mean, those three right there, they've been on and we've talked about emotions and emotional literacy. It wasn't because they came out of the womb knowing how to do it. It's because there was a gap in their life and they went on their own quest to figure out how to solve this problem right? Brene will say that she's really bad at vulnerability. And here she is the, you know, vulnerability researcher. Kristen Neff, when I've interviewed her, she talked about, I asked her, well, why did you study compassion? She goes, well, because I sucked at it. And same thing with Todd Cashton. He's a positive psychology professor and researcher at George Mason University. And he wrote that book, The Upside of the Downside, The Negative Emotions. And he goes, well, I sucked at emotions. So if you don't have emotional development. You didn't grow up with it. You're not alone. You're not the only one. We are going to be continuing to talk about it, just like we're going to talk about money today. But emotional literacy is so important. I, as an athlete, didn't know how to have emotions. I didn't know how to feel them. I learned how to disconnect from my body as an athlete. And also as, you know, growing up in my family of origin, where it was like, suck down those feelings and just take massive action and be perfect, work really hard to be successful. So I get it. I'm here with you. We're walking through this and we're going to grow and learn and adult and we're practicing. And it's always a practice. It's always a practice. So Mother of Eves, thank you so much for sharing that review and what you're thinking and how the show's affecting you. For the rest of you out there, if you haven't left a review, please go do that. It's lovely to read how the show, what you get from it and what you take away and what you incorporate. Plus, it's another way for you to remember something and actually ingrain it a bit more into your brains and into your way of being. Okay. So money, we're going to talk about money. I'm so excited. I love, love, love to talk about money. And the reason for for it is, well, there's a lot of rules, right? You're not supposed to talk about money. Good people don't talk about money. Proper people don't talk about money. And there's so much shame around money. I had lots and lots of shame around money, right? So I had a belief that I was a loser from loser street. Money didn't happen to people like me. 
the way I grew up, right? Some people think I'm bad with money. I have a belief that I'm good with money and that's, that's really true. But a lot of people have a belief I'm bad with money or I'm doing it wrong or I'm not supposed to talk about it because there was some sort of messaging that they grew up with. Or in the workplace, sometimes some workplaces are like, you're not supposed to talk about your salaries, right? It's a great way to keep employees small. So we're blowing down the doors today and we're talking about it. And even more, we're going to talk about spending money. So get ready for your internal hailstorm to eventual freedom. Because my friend, that is the pathway. We go through the shit storms to come out the other side. So we have to have an awareness about our beliefs around money. Because when you don't have this awareness, that's what holds you back, or it's going to lead you down a path of self-sabotage. So one of the reasons I love money so much is that I've done a lot of uncovering. What is it that I believed? And I owned that story about like, oh, I'm a loser from loser street or money doesn't happen to people like us. That was those internal stories that I had created, these assumptions I made in my youth and I carried forward. And then I had to I brought them out of my head and I can look at them. I could say, well, is that true? So I grew up believing that money doesn't happen to people like me, right? And I had a lot of evidence. My family financially struggled for a long time. There were ups and downs and all of that. And so I just had that belief. It was just a simple belief. And then when I got to college, I armored myself up with money and I was like, oh, well, you know, money only happens to bad people. I'm a really good person and it's not going to happen to me because I'm a good person. Like money, money doesn't have a brain, you guys. (laughs) Money is totally objective. And it wasn't until college that I learned about money. And I remember walking into this personal finance class and my mind being blown that, holy moly, there are tools to making money. There are tools to creating wealth. Money is objective. It isn't tied to your worthiness or if you are a good enough person. Okay, Money is objective. So when I took that course, I was like, wow. And I actually took that course about three more times or two more times. I would go and audit after I was done with college. But then what I did was I went into this like, okay, I'm going to embrace frugality. And I wasn't so frugal before that. I lived within my means and I didn't go into debt. But I really embraced frugality because I thought restriction was the way. And I did that for a period of time. And now today... <laughs> decades later, I'm here to talk about how to spend money because it's important. Saving money is important. And maybe we'll do a show about that. But spending money and how you spend money is really important. It's really, really important so that we don't go into this dictator mode, wild child to blow off steam, right? Dictator like, okay, I'm going to hoard, hoard, hoard. And then, oh my gosh, I can't handle anymore. And I'm going to go and rationalize and justify why I totally overspent and then be filled with all this deep regret and remorse, beat myself up and build a really crappy relationship with yourself. We don't want to do that. So before I talk about how to spend you'll want to have your money foundation set up. And I'm going to briefly run through the foundations. Okay. And to help you with this process, listen to this podcast. And then afterwards, go to the show notes and download our money worksheet, how to spend money worksheet. And that way you can go through and answer these questions. And this will help you again, integrate I'm always about integrating. I don't want you to just take this. I want you to actually apply it and do it because that's how you change your life and that's how you transform your life. So 
we have a worksheet where you can take these steps and put it on paper so you can get more and more clear and you're going to continue to practice it. So make sure you download it after you listen to the show. The first thing that's really important is you want to give your money a job to do. (laughs) What that means is this concept that every dollar that you make has a job. Some of the dollar's jobs will be to pay for your home or your rent or your mortgage. Some of your dollars will have a job to pay for your food. Some of your dollars has a job to pay for utilities. Those dollars have a job to take care of your basic needs. There's going to be jobs of, you know, putting money into savings. So there's jobs for the future, taking care of yourself for the future, savings, retirement, maybe education for yourself or for your kids or family members. That's longer term, possibly (laughs) shorter term, maybe for your taxes, right? We're going to have taxes coming up. So having money set aside for your taxes, giving them jobs. Now you're like, oh, but Corinne, this is also boring and difficult. I get it. But we want to make sure we take care of that stuff so we don't have drama around money so that we can also give some of our dollars a job to do for travel, if that's something you love, or home decor or entertainment or clothing or makeup or whatever it is that your heart delights. Or like for me, it's my really, really yummy coffee (laughs) that I love, right? I have dollars that have a job to treat me to yummy, delicious coffee (laughs) at my coffee house that I like to go to. So the job is the work the money does to support you in your life. And there's whole parts of it. There's some that are really important for your well-being. And there's some that are fun. They're joyful. They're playful. And they're important too, right? But we don't not pay for our rent or our mortgage for those joyful things because then that becomes a problem and creates further stress. So this is really important. Give your money a job to do. A long time ago, this is probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago, I was noticing that I would go to the store if I bought stuff for the house or bought new bedding, or I I just had all this guilt, even though I had the money in my bank account, it was like, well, should I spend it? Should I not? And there would be all this drama in my head. And I had the money in my checking account. It wasn't that I was spending money that I didn't have. But what I started to realize was I needed to decide ahead of time. That way, if I wanted to buy whatever it was, something for the house, or, you know, eventually when I was buying a new couch, the money was already there. It was already designated. It had that job. And so what I did was I created a household savings account. Now, this totally drives my husband crazy. Doesn't like this, but this is, it works really beautifully. It's like permission slips. I get to be the adult in my life and I have this money that's set aside. And so when I wanted to go buy a a couch and I was talking to my husband, he's like, well, we can't afford that. And I'm like, but what do you mean? the money is sitting in the account and all our other bills are paid. This is the extra money that we decided. And it's a great way to get over that really restrictive, like I need to be ultra disciplined. I need to be ultra frugal. I need to be self-sacrificing mindset, right? And saying, what do we choose to spend our money on? It wasn't a matter of, could we afford it? Is, did we want to spend the money? Very different question. So I really love this idea of having separate accounts or having money and you don't have to have separate accounts. You can have an Excel spreadsheet. There's ways you can do it. Personally, I like the separate account. The money just gets transferred in, done. And it's so beautiful because then there's just not guilt. (laughs) I don't like to live with guilt. So I decided ahead of time, I was able to buy the couch. I knew how much money I had to spend. And then I can go in and start to shop and figure out like, okay, what are the really important things? Once I took money off the table, 
right? Because I knew what my range was. I knew what how much money I had allotted. I don't like the word budget because that feels restrictive to me. So how much money I had allotted to purchasing a couch. And then it was fun because when I went through and I went through the criteria, it wasn't about how much it was going to cost. It was what were the important attributes of the couch. And it was cool because both times I bought couches, it actually was less than what I had designated. So that's just a fun game as well. So there was no guilt. And then the best news is I was really able to enjoy my purchase because I didn't have any guilt. I didn't have regret. I didn't have remorse. I was able to be delighted in this purchase that I had. That is what we want to have, right? If you're going to spend your money, you want to be able to really enjoy it, not spend it, get that hit of enjoyment, that rush, and then have regret and remorse afterwards. That is not any fun. And that creates that turbulent relationship with money. Okay. The next step is spend money you have. Debt is a big detractor for building wealth. Debt can be a downward spiral, just like there's compound interest, which can be your best friend, or it can be a detriment to sink you. Okay. So I invite you to choose it to be your best friend so you can build wealth versus increase your debt. But some of you may be saying, but Corinne, there is like, you know, debt to buy a house. Absolutely. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about consumer debt. Okay. Because most people can't pay cash for a house. There are plenty of people that can, but a majority of the population cannot. So I'm talking about consumer debt. Okay. Spend money you have. And especially when it comes to the things that delight you, the things that are fun and entertaining, spend money you do have because you don't want to go into debt for those things because that's just going to add guilt and burdens. The next thing is tell yourself the truth. This can be challenging because we're really good storytellers or Like I could be the most amazing rationalizer. Oh my God, Corinne, you've had it so hard. It's been a hard year. You really deserve this. Blotty, blotty, blotty. There'll be more money coming in. It's all okay. That, like my stomach sinks because when I rationalize or tell myself future promises, I'm starting to build distrust with myself because it's like, well, am am I going to be really able to do it? Right? So tell yourself the truth. You know you and you know how you can tell yourself something for short-term gain, but then be filled with regret, frustration, and even worry. Tell yourself the truth. The next component that's really important, I've talked a lot about it on the show, is honor your commitments to yourself. Do what you say you're going to do. So if you have a budget that you've decided or an amount you've decided for purchasing or for travel, stick within that. Because what you're doing is, is that you are treating yourself in a way that's saying, Hey, I will do what I say I'm going to do in your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have in your life. I'm going to say that again. Your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have in your life. And if you don't honor your commitments to yourself, you're going to find it that you're not honoring commitments in other arenas of your life. And that becomes that downward spiral. So honor the commitments, do what you're going to say you're going to do. If that means, you know, and it can be small things. If it's like, okay, I'm only going to pay cash for my coffee. Then you pay cash with your coffee, or I'm only going to spend money. I have you, you follow through and you spend that and do it that way. The next concept, the next step that's important is being deliberate, which I call proactive 
or reactionary, which is reactive. So what you want to do is everything I've been talking about here is about deciding ahead of time, making decisions ahead of time of what it is that you want to buy. And then also having a range. Notice I said a range of what you are willing to spend one where you'll be happy regardless if you're on the bottom of the range or the top of the range. And you want to be realistic because when we go into, you know, really disciplined or frugal or we white knuckle it, we're like, okay, I'm just going to only do this much. Right. And then you see something that's, you may not be one, know how much the market bears or two is you really want something that's more than that. And then you have to like talk your way into that. So it's nice to have a range of the money you have. So I asked my daughter permission if I could share this, her story, because this happened recently. So my daughter is a freshman in college and she's a student athlete and she also works and she works quite a bit in school. And so she's a student athlete and works and she's becoming pretty good with money, which is very different than who she was a couple of years ago. If she got it, she would go spend it and stuff. And so she's been learning about how to become better with money. And so she has been wanting a new iPhone. <laughs> and originally in the fall, she had said, Hey mom, you know, can we talk about maybe getting an iPhone for my birthday and Christmas? Cause her birthday's in December as well. And, and then she gave me a list of other stuff and didn't put it on there. And so I thought, okay, great. We don't have to buy a new iPhone. And I'm not really happy with these new iPhones. Cause the iPhone 12 is like, I don't know, $1,200, $1,400. I'm just like, this is starting to get ridiculous. It has been ridiculous. Anyways, So this is a few weeks ago. She came back and said, I think I need to get a new phone. My phone is dying. And she knew I was really clear, like Christmas and birthdays were done. (laughs) So this is going to be on her and she has a job and she has money. And so she was looking it up and looking it up and trying to figure out like, where's the best deals. And so we sat down and we had a meeting and she showed me and the different various models. And she had talked to some people and read different reviews and she also had a bit of regret because she's like, I should never bought, I don't know, the plus size. Like she'd had the plus size and she's like, now I want that plus size again. And it's so much more. And I'm thinking, why can't you just get an iPhone 10? It's way cheaper. Do you really want to spend that much money on a phone? And she told me about the reasons, like the camera was really important. There were certain aspects of this camera that she really wanted and she really wanted the size. And so we went through it and we ran the numbers and we looked at how she's been spending money and what money she'd set aside. And she also had some birthday and Christmas money that she had. And then I looked at her and I said, well, I go, I do think it's totally ridiculous (laughs) to spend that kind of money. It wasn't a judgment. I was just thinking, wow, you know, $1,200 or $1,400 for a phone is a lot of money. But I'm like, you have the money and it makes sense. It's in line with your values. And I always talk about spending money that are in line with your values and your priorities and you have it. And she's been saving money along the way. So she had it. She had the money to pay for it. It wasn't going to take away from her basic needs. It wasn't, she's already all the other jobs that I talked about earlier. She'd already taken care of those. So this is the money that was left over. This is such a sweet spot to be in. It's so beautiful. Cause it's like, wow, I've taken care of all these other jobs with my money. And now I still have leftover money to really get something that's really, really something I want. That's really awesome. So I looked at her and I go, well, it makes sense. If you want the iPhone 12 Pro, like it makes sense that you would buy it if that's what you want to do. 
And she, she got really upset with me. She's like, Bob, just tell me, is this a bad idea or a good idea? And I'm like, if that's what you want to do, you have the money, you have the means. And I wasn't telling her, no, she couldn't do it because then I could be the evil mom or yes, that she could because it was really her money. But when she laid everything out, it was in line with her values and her priorities. So again, that's not how I would spend my money. I don't have an iPhone 12 Pro, whatever it's called but that's how she wanted to spend her money and it worked for her life. So if you can take that story and look at when you really, really want something, one, have you taken care of all of your other needs first, right? Like your basic needs to live, to to thrive in this world, food, shelter, electricity, that kind of stuff. Have you been saving, you know, put money away for retirement? And then is this the money that's left over? And then what do you want to do with that? What do you want to experience with that money? right? That was her thing was this is something that she really valued and she wanted to experience, have this experience with the phone. So she got her iPhone 12 pro. And the other thing that's really important about it is spend money on things that you really want and value versus settling for something that you don't really want. That is so important right? If she had gotten something different, like maybe not an Apple phone and a different phone, she wouldn't have liked it as much. She likes the Apple phone. Like I get it. I, I'm, I'm an Apple products consumer. I have lots of Apple products as I'm sitting here talking with you right in front of me. So I get the Apple aspect of it, but it's what do you value? And then do you make use of it? I'm not going to make use of those fancy cameras on the iPhones. I barely take pictures as it is. So for me, it doesn't bring me the value. For her, it does. We have different priorities when it comes to that. All right. So knowing what to spend money on and what not to spend money on is key. And what I mean by this is, uh, well, this is now like, 20 years ago or so. And I learned this when we were remodeling our house, we had a, a budget, you know, much, much stricter than it would be now. And I thought like I had to buy everything kind of at the top of the line. And my girlfriend was so great. She goes, Corinne, know the things that you want to spend money on that are really important to you and what areas it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter. And those are the areas that you can spend less on. And that was the best lesson. Cause I remember like the kitchen countertops, I really wanted a high end. There was a very specific product that I want to have for my kitchen countertops. And I thought I had to have it in all of my bathrooms and I have three bathrooms. And she's like, no, you don't have to have that. We can have, you know, what is it that you liked? And it was the color I liked. And we we're able to have that color in a different material that saved significant, like 60 or 65% of the money. Right. But I didn't need to have that same material. And then the laundry room definitely didn't even need to have that kind of material. It was very different. So that was the best lesson that I learned back then. It was a different century ago of, you know, knowing what to spend money on and what not to spend money on. Not everything has to be the high end, the top end. What's really valuable and important to you and what's not important to you. So in order to do that, you must give yourself permission to spend money on the things that delight you and are aligned with your values and your priorities and will not hurt you or those you're responsible for. One of my big rules, one of my constraints is that when I spend money, I'm not allowed to hurt my family. That's a huge constraint of mine. It's really, really important to me. And so when I'm making decisions, I always ask myself, will this hurt my family if I spend this money? And if the answer is no, then I can continue forward down my decision tree. And then it's really important to also remember, be honest and curious with yourself. 
And after you do spend the money, and this is what I did with my daughter with her iPhone, she was so excited and it was so pretty. And then I asked her, I said, does it live up to what it was that you wanted, the things that were really important to you and the reasons to get it? And she's like, yep. And so she's been really happy with her purchase, had the money to pay for her purchase, has money still left over. So for her, it was a really valuable purchase. But there's sometimes that she or myself will buy something and go, oh, that didn't quite live up to the money that I just spent. Note to self, you're not allowed to beat yourself up. When you spend money that's out of alignment with your values and your priorities, but maybe you rationalize, or maybe you, you know, you tricked yourself into it, or you convinced yourself afterwards, learn from it. How we make change is we are compassionate. We go, what worked, what can be improved when you beat yourself up? That's where that righteousness can come in and we can sabotage ourselves. So instead be honest and curious. Did it really delight you in the way that you thought? What are the things that aren't as important to you? right? And as you go through that, you fine tune what's really important to you. And that will help you. Like I talk about Apple products. I love, love Apple products. I have two computers right here in front of me. I'm sitting here talking to you on. And I used to always buy like the best computer that I could, that was available or that I could afford right within the class that I was buying. And what I've come to learn is what's really important to me. A lot of times it's how fast can it go? (laughs) and how much storage does it have? Like, those are like my two big components, right? And so then I talk with my friend, Mark, who then he tells me this is the computer and it's always kind of like a mid range and we might upgrade a storage component or something. And I don't need to buy the most expensive or like my, my laptop, I think it's from 2012, right? And it's still hanging on and I haven't liked the new laptops with the whatever that lighted thing is. And so I'm not, I've been holding out until this one absolutely dies. But when you start to get really clear about what your values and priorities are, you're not making these external purchases to get that dopamine hit, to get that high. And that's what I used to do and not anymore. And so it actually works in your favor in terms of you spending money. Okay. So after you've checked in and said, with, did it delight you? Does the product or what you spent your money on, did it live up to the promise of what you were hoping for? Right. And if it didn't, that's okay. Why didn't it? Look at those circumstances and then look at what would you do differently moving forward? And that's what are your key learnings from this experience? This is how you learn how to become better with money and how to become better about spending your money. What do you commit to doing next time? This, my friend, is how you build trust with yourself about spending money is by going through this process, having the foundations established so you, your money has a job to do, you spend money that you have, you tell yourself the truth, you honor your commitments, you're deliberate, right? We're proactive versus reactionary, which is reactive. You know what to spend money on, what not to spend money on. That is how you start to create this relationship where you get comfortable spending money and you can be delighted and it's fun. And you don't have to be so restrictive towards yourself because you've built the foundation to allow yourself the freedom to make decisions on how you want your money to support you and you have the money to support you. So remember, money is an exchange. Some of our dollars are to be used for our basic needs. Some of our dollars have a job 
to take care of our future. And some of our dollars have a job to bring ease. (laughs) That's probably one of my favorite ways to spend money is how can I make my life easier, right? I love that aspect. And some of our dollars are here to delight us. They're for joy, fun, adventure, beauty. You get to decide, but you must have that foundation with money. And when you cultivate an empowering relationship with your money, it really takes off the armor and the extra weight and the burden of not knowing what to do, beating yourself up and the dread that you may have with money and sticking your head in the sand and being like an ostrich. So take care of your money. That way it will be able to take care of you and you get to enjoy spending the dollars that's jobs meant to be spent on these other things that delight you. Give yourself permission to spend the money you have on the things you value and are a priority in your life. Remember, go to the show notes and there's a link for the how to spend money worksheet that you can download and get this on paper for yourself. All right. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.